Hey guys, Nico here. Uh, in this week's podcast, we sit down with Jeff Chan. Uh, Jeff Chan is a martial artist and influencer. He is the creator and owner of the MMA Shredded brand and is uh, a professional fighter currently under contract with one championship. Uh, before we met, uh, Jeff invited me to go spar with him. You can see the videos of our sparring session on our uh, website at rjlp.net and on our YouTube channel at Relax Just Love Podcast. And as always, don't forget to follow us at Podcast RJL on Facebook and Instagram. Peace. Hey guys, we're here with uh, Jeff Chan. Thankfully enough, he is receiving us in his house. So thank you very much for having us. We're not going to leave anything behind. We'll leave it nice and clean like it was when we got here. Say hello, Jeff. Hello, guys. And <laughs> thanks for having me, Nick. Pleasure is all mine. Um, funny enough, you and I haven't seen each other in years. And we basically rekindled through sparring. Yeah. <laughs> Punching each other in the face. It's funny the type of respect that I was trying to explain that to uh, Miriam earlier. When you're on the floor sweating after about an hour of sparring, the type of stuff you talk about, people don't understand <laughs> the, uh, you, you kind of attach emotion with sparring. After you kicked and punched somebody in the face or dumbed them on their heads like you did to me earlier, <laughs> you tend to have to almost build a relationship with that person that's so personal that you just talk. I agree. I feel like I'm the closest with the people that I spar with. Like Fred, we beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> but we respect each other so much. How, you know, there's a um, psychology, uh, not a process, but there's an understanding that unless one of my favorite psychologists is uh, Jordan Peterson out of Toronto University. I, I watch him. I'm a big fan of his, and he says that a man will never know itself unless he knows what he's capable of. It's what I don't want to say the demon, but what's the bad that's behind you, like that's in the middle of you. Yeah. And most people associate fighting with bad. Mm -hmm. To me, it's just competition. I don't know for you because you're the professional fighter. I'm just mm -hmm. I was just an amateur fighter, but uh, I'm the last person to think that. I think, uh, and the thing is, I don't even think of myself as a fighter or someone who fights. I'm. I think of it as a sport and I think of myself as a martial artist. So, so why martial arts? Where did the love start with martial art? Cause everything starts there, right? I guess I started off in high school being that guy who would fight everyone, but like play fighting, <laughs> right? Like not, not I've gotten a few street fights in high school, but yeah. for the most part, I'd have a, uh, I had a friend named, sorry, he's a current good friend. He actually yeah. just got promoted to his purple belt, Matt LaFleur. Um, for him. Just was it yesterday? Wednesday? Tuesday, two, day, days two, days two days ago, two days ago, yeah. yeah. Two days ago. Um, anyways, like since high school, we've been... Where does he train? Sorry. Gracie Baja. Okay, okay. So he's with Nick then? Yes, he's with Nick. Okay. Yeah, and we've been training way back since high school. I got him in and uh, like we would used to like stand up in science class and play like punch for punch in the arm. Yeah. I was just like fighting. Uh, and then I had a friend bring me into Owama at that time and that's how we met. Yeah. And uh, started with Muay Thai and I kind of just... Fell in love with it. Because you were a BJJ guy. I was checking you up online and it said that you're... I didn't know. I didn't know until I researched it that you, you've been doing BJJ longer than Muay Thai. No. It's the other way around. Yeah. So it's funny because when I first joined Owama, I started with Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. And I remember I got mounted so bad <laughs> by a guy with a hairy chest. <laughs> and he wasn't nice. I can't remember who it was, but 
I got discouraged. Did he stink? Uh, probably. Because those are the worst. Y- you know, at Owama, they do those drills. Yep. Mountain escape yep. every time. And well, they I do was it everywhere. everywhere. BJJ's taught, right? More specifically, like I've been all around the world at different gyms now. And, you know, most gyms do do that, but not all gyms. And anyways, I was stuck in mount position for a good, like, five minutes. A hairy chest guy. That's, not, and, that's uh, just nasty. Anyways, I decided that Muay Thai would be the, the, the <laughs> discipline that I started with. And then I trained Muay Thai for four years. And then I transitioned into MMA, and that's when I trained jiu-jitsu. So you're, what are you now? You're a brown belt mm-hmm. in jiu-jitsu. How long have you been a brown belt? Um, very, very new. Okay. I believe, I, so I started in 2011, got my blue belt by Pat Culligan in 2015. Yeah. And then uh, shortly after that, I moved to Toronto, and I trained at Lynn Martial Arts under Professor Lynn, and I got my purple belt in 2000. 17 i think that's the one that takes the longest i supposedly to get your purple belt but then your brown belt's what two years two years yeah from purple to brown two years and then another two Two to get your black yeah that's what i heard i mean i think (laughs) everyone's different Uh, (laughs) not everybody's bj pen where it takes like five years exactly yeah but uh yeah 2017 is when i got my purple and then 2019 very recently i got it from uh nick He's a good guy. Castiglia. We're both fans. We're both fans of that guy. Yeah. He's a big boy. He, that cannot be fun with his tree trunk legs. <laughs> Having him mounted on top of you, that cannot be fun. I was actually wrestling with him just yesterday, oh, like yeah. wrestling class, and he was my partner. <laughs> and he was dummying me. He has big legs. Like his legs are the size of your waist. Yeah. Maybe his legs are bigger than your waist. Probably. He's, they're probably bigger. <laughs> but what do you like best? Do you have a preference? Like between striking and... Uh, I definitely like striking. Yeah. Striking, then wrestling then grappling i don't know for you guys if you've never sparred with jeff he is one little fast <laughs> i outweigh him by about what 50 pounds probably like give or take like four let's call it 40 man your your twitch muscles are fast like you're, you were shooting on me from outside i can't even punch you or kick you and every time i punch i'm a muay thai guy i'm very flat-footed you're just ducking under those I would say you're 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 humble, and it's because you're much taller, and because of your stance, that's why I was able to get yeah, under. Yeah. If you just tweaked a little bit, had a bit of nuance. Well, that's what Fred was saying. He's like, yeah. dude, all you need to do is sit on your punches. Yeah, sit on just your punches. Sit lower, widen the stance. It would be so much harder. And you already had a good sprawl. Yeah. If you were just have widened your shape. stance, and that too, you I know, look good. But in you a, look great. I look good in a mirror, <laughs> but my cardio is garbage. Like I. <laughs> I don't do I don't do it as much. I'm almost 40 years old, man. I, oh, my really? cardio is not the best anymore. I don't. It's not the most uh, fun thing to do. Cardio, cardio, no. Doing weights at the gym, looking good in a mirror is a, is one thing, but cardio. If you're not fighting, I'm better than average, <laughs> but I don't have the motivation to do. Did you do stairs with uh, Crew Jeff Harrison when you were when you were at Owama? Did he do you? Did he make you? Uh, um, do stairs we did we do like on carling <laughs> crew jeff killed me yeah. he he killed me i remember um i remember I, like training for a fight so he was actually one of the coaches or the coach that pushed me towards competition and after um after my first fight he kept telling me to fight and fight and fight and and that's how i just accumulated a bunch of amateur fights yeah like uh, 24 what is it 25 and 4 25 and 2 something like that yeah. something like that um uh, crew jeff i remember when training for a fight, I'd be like completely gassed out, yep. ready to finish. And then he'd tell me to do 100 kicks each side. <laughs> it's one of those things that I started fighting when I was like, I only did amateur and I started fighting. I think I was 28. 
And it's because oh, wow. it's a hundred percent because of Crew Jeff. <laughs> He's I say this with the utmost respect towards Crew Jeff. He's a mad scientist. <laughs> like he's good at break. I think in his head, he can break out somebody and see how to push that person to make him better at what he does without. It's like he's pushing you and you think that it's because of you that you're pushing yourself, <laughs> but he's the one pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. He never stops. He's a, he's mad a, he's a great motivator. I remember I, uh, I missed class one time and he, called me <laughs> called me he's like That's jeffy he called me jeffy he's like jeffy where are you it's uh, it's one of those things do you remember uh when were you there did you have the i love muay thai t-shirts i did that's the only that's the only t-shirt in the past 12 years i wish i could get back that is a great 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 just that's exactly what ku jeff is is he loves fighting yeah altogether he's just a fan yeah he's a great great instructor too because uh he's just he brings so much energy in classes yeah. and, and I actually took a lot from him. Uh, I got into teaching as well because crew Jeff told me to, uh, or got me to fill in his class when he was sick or Seriously. away. Yeah. So I, oh, I that was at Owama. Yes. That was at Owama. Yeah. yeah. Owama for the listeners out there that don't know what it is. It's Ottawa Academy of Martial Art. It was probably the biggest school. Yeah. 10, 12 years ago. They had what, like four locations, five locations. Seven. Wow. Seven. So seven locations. Oh, yeah, that's true because there's one of those guys in Peterborough. I cannot remember his name. Not even Peterborough. There was Rockland. There was uh, Saint Laurent. That's where Fred was. Yeah. Fred. Uh, Fred Stonehouse. Yeah. 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 Saint Laurent. Uh, ba- Barhaven. Yeah. Who was yep. Wama. Yep. Carling. Canada. Wow, there were seven. Um, there's, there's two others. Because that was the biggest yeah. name in town when I was still in Ottawa before moving into to Toronto. They they had a bunch of fighters too. Like they were rocking the amateur circuit. Mm-hmm. They were the bomb bomb, and it was Mark Host was the first guy. You have seen like yeah, yeah, exactly. That's good. I haven't seen him in wow in years. You'll hopefully, see him or, when you visit when, him tomorrow. When I go drop to see Nick, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's around. The um, what would you say your biggest influence was like coach wise? Because we always have either a sparring partner that will always push you to just the breaking point where you don't want to do it anymore or you have a coach? Do you still have that? Do you have somebody around that does that for you? I would say Crew Jeff was the coach who got me into competition, pushed me towards fighting because I've always... I mean, I joined just because I thought I liked fighting and uh, <laughs> I, I thought I'd like combat sports yep. and I did and I did it as a hobby. Uh, but it was Crew Jeff who was like calling me Masato. Uh, do you know who Masato is? Masato, Masato is a K1 kickboxer, okay. former champion, retired now, Japanese. Masato, he had like, Masato, Masato. I'd have to check him out. That Japanese kickboxer, familiar, he's, a, he's a legend. Anyways, he had so like... he fought in K1. K1, yeah. Days, he yeah. had the highlighted hair. And at, at the time when I was like 15, 16, I had like highlighted hair as well. <laughs> so he'd always call me Masato. And he recently called me Masato too. And the, he made a comment on the suit photo. Yeah. He's like, Masato. That's a great, that's a <laughs> great picture. That, by the way, that's Thank a great you. picture. That's a great picture. Uh, what, what was I saying again? You're you're talking. I was asking uh, the the instructor, oh, yes, the, the the person that gave you kind of the thirst for martial arts. Yeah, so right? Crew Jeff pushed me towards competition. Okay, um, I learned a lot of technique and style from Crew Jeff, as well as uh, it got me into teaching and coaching. Yep. and I kind of like mimic him when I teach. Like I think of how he would run classes and the, and the type of energy he gives. The passion. Yeah. Because that's one thing that's obvious when you're in Crew Jeff's class, and I don't care that it was 12 years ago when I first met him. 
he just has a way to motor. He's, I don't want to say he's a crazy person, but in front, he is crazy about Muay Thai and about fighting. It's yeah. like all he sees, it's like a horse on blinders. And all he sees is how can I make my students better? And there's no way not to feel the energy coming from that man. I've never seen anything like it. He's the yeah. only guy I've ever seen that was like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would say crew Devin had a huge influence on me as well. Yep. He wasn't my coach for very long cause he had left Owama, but mm-hmm. I, I adapted a, uh, an evasive style from him and he is very slick, very slick, very fast. And, and for how big he is too. And good how boxing. Muscular. Very yeah. Good boxing. Yeah. Strong kick and head movement and low kicks. I yep. got from, him. it's funny because, um, I recently, so he recently came over to, to spar with me. I filmed it and I, I made He's a video. He's gained a bit of muscle, eh? He's a bit bigger than when I first met him. He, he slimmed down again. Okay. He slimmed down, but he, he I, I know what you mean. He was huge. He's a muscular guy. Good but, um, genetics. Very good genetics. Yeah. So I, I made a, where uh, I filmed a sparring session with him and um, actually, you know, explained to my audience how I, I adapted my style from him. Because if you watched the sparring video, I haven't released it yet. Our style is so similar. We're using like the same combinations. And uh, yeah, he's a coach that I... Uh, give credit to for adapting a style from and so for you guys sorry to cut you off just so people know we're talking crew devin henry crew devin henry he's out of uh brampton i guess you'd call it brampton he was or... out of mass tie boxing yeah exactly yeah. out of crew chris q yeah. and crew jefferson yeah the, they produced like a jean burklerk produced some crazy canadians they all come from there Mm-hmm. all come from there but devin's a good friend of mine too i'm a fan big big fan did you he posted a video of him kicking and punching a bag at west side mm-hmm. i'm just like what the it's hell oh the size of his legs it's <laughs> pure muscle the guy's like uh um you know the the running horses mm-hmm. like not an ounce of fat the guy shredded yeah and he moves and he moves and he moves and he moves I wish that guy still fight because he's about your age, right? He's like 28, 30 years old, maybe. Uh, I think he's a bit older. A bit older. I think. A bit older, yeah. But, but uh, he's him, Crew Jeff. It's funny how they all seem to come out of the of the same camp. Like they yeah, all came yeah. from the same little town yep. about 45 minutes outside back. of Toronto. They're all in Ottawa now. Except for Crew Chris. True. Crew True. Chris is yeah. still down there as far as I know. Mm-hmm. He just got married. Yeah. Like oh, did he? Yeah. Well, I think so. I saw wedding pictures, and he seemed to be in the middle. So I'm assuming. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm not very close to him anymore. Like I've, it, it was just through. I've never been a big friend of his or anything. It's just through the Queens. Yeah. Well, Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Muay Thai yeah. in Canada, you know absolutely. If you know yeah. anybody, you know everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I was going to continue with the influences. Uh, Crew Nick has been a yeah. big influence on, in my jiu-jitsu. Big heart. Yeah. Uh, and same with Crew Mark. Yeah, I think they all yep. had a huge Agreed. influence, and I, I would like to give a shout out to Matt Lafleur as the the training partner. You know how you have training partner and Fred Stonehouse. Yeah, you have training partners where you just spar and you don't go too hard because you're not as close with each other. Yeah, but I feel like the more close you are with a training partner, the harder you can go. Yeah, so I've Agreed. had wars with Fred, and I've had wars with Matt Lafleur. There's a competi- There's a sane competition that develops between two guys. Mm-hmm. And, but that's what makes you push just like that. Oh, he caught me with something. Mm-hmm. I got to catch him back. Yeah. I got to give it back to him. That's yeah. not a, I cannot finish on him. Like I need to beat him up a bit. Yeah. But that's great. You always, I think everybody finds that person and, every, and anybody that's been doing it for a long time will find that person in martial art. 
mm-hmm. you will find it in a gym somewhere and that never stops. <laughs> like there's, uh, I don't know if you know uh, Eric Roca out of, uh, I don't know that he still trains at, uh, he was out of Evolution Mafia in Mississauga. I think he might be in Milton now, but he uh, fought I, I in Thailand know. for years. And when I was in Mississauga, that was my guy. Like the, he's just a, another crazy person. He's just, <laughs> he loves to fight. He just, you catch him with something, a smile lights up and is just, okay, it's on. Let's do this. And you're turning a sparring session into a war. <laughs> you always find those people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I'm the same when it comes to sparring. Yeah. I have that, uh, like when Fred gives me a good low kick, I'm like, okay. <laughs> but you're polite though. I got to say, that's one thing. I don't spar as much as I used to because people... I think there is a philosophy behind martial arts that's being lost. And I was talking about that with uh, with another podcast where I think that the philosophy of martial arts, and we were kind of touching on that, like everybody does it for a different reason, but I think we forget the original reasons why you do it. It's supposed to help you defend yourself because mm-hmm. it's, it's supposed to be self-defense. Yep. And then we turned it into a sport. Yeah. Because technically... As somebody that does that did quite a bit of Krav Maga, the the difference between Muay Thai and Krav Maga is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like I can't knee you in the balls. Mm-hmm. I can't start elbowing you in the eyeballs either. Like there's things. <laughs> yeah. If you turn your back in a real fight, I will try to elbow you in the neck if I can. In mm-hmm. Muay Thai, you can't do that. Exactly. You have to have a certain respect and respect. rules. But I think we forget the philosophy too. There's supposed to be a lot of respect. And I feel like the more there's schools that are just popping up everywhere, the respect is kind of lost. Like people just spar to spar and try to rip their head off. I would say from my experience, it's just more so the MMA gyms. The Muay Thai does have I didn't want more to say, of a culture. I didn't want to say that as a Muay Thai guy. Yeah. I didn't want to say that against <laughs> MMA guys because I have a lot of respect for anybody that has the balls mm-hmm. to step into a ring or a cage and to mm-hmm. fight in front of people drives me nuts when i hear a little fat guy talking about two people in a cage and he's mm-hmm. booing mm-hmm. that drives me absolutely nuts i don't mm-hmm. care how bad you are you had the balls to step in a yeah. ring with somebody that wants to rip your head off there's always going to be haters it's like how many ufc stars are there like for example ronda rousey she's a star yes she gets so much hate you have george st pierre who has haters too who can hate george st pierre He's like the nicest guy ever. He actually brought style. Do you realize he's the one that brought suits to the game? I thought it was Conor McGregor. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it was. It was. was, was, GSP was the first guy. Everybody showed up with their tap-out shirts back in the days, and he showed up custom-made suits. You're right. You're right. I agree. And now half of the guys show up in suits. Yeah, and then McGregor took it to another level. He has a good. I'm not the biggest fan of his attitude. I, I've never been a fan of disrespect, mm-hmm. but he is one clever. The suit d- thing, though. Oh, beautiful! Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of suit. I wear a lot of suit for work, and mm-hmm. the guy has a beautiful suit game. <laughs> like his pinstripe. There's one of his yeah. suit. He absolutely. But three piece. He oh. normally has a three piece suit. Oh, does he? Similar to I don't know the picture you posted something. Two, two on, piece. Two piece. It's two piece. Yeah. He didn't have. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant two uh, three buns. Yeah. Uh, Three pieces, like you have the pants, the top, and you have and the whole vest. vest yeah, yeah, it's three on pieces. the picture. Yeah, yeah. For people that haven't seen the picture, you got to see the picture. That's, <laughs> no, but you should plug them in because I love the idea. I love, I absolutely love the idea mm-hmm. of having a software that just three D, like it, it literally reads you mm-hmm. in a three D in three dimensions, mm-hmm. and then they can custom make a suit without even touching you. Yeah, it's crazy. Explain it's crazy. that because I've never seen that before. That was really cool to see. Uh, I mean. <laughs> 
So as a influencer and a guy who posts every day, I, I felt like I needed to kind of step up my game. Like right now, <laughs> everywhere I go, I'm in flip flops, tank top, it's gonna get cold soon, short shorts or or sweatpants. Um, and my fiance, you know, was like, "You you need to dress nicer. You're you're a businessman too, right? You're not just a fighter. You're a businessman." And uh, we reached out to Suitably, um, my new sponsor, and yeah. uh, they hooked me up with a uh, custom tailored suit. It fits me perfectly. Beautiful, man. Yeah. It's I can tell when another guy looks good and you look good on that picture. Thank like you. It's, I'm a fan of suits. <laughs> There's nothing like a nice fitted suit, but you gotta have the pocket square. Yeah, and I, I, I had the pocket square. You have to <laughs> you have to you have to have the pocket square. <laughs> so do you mind if we touch a bit on your girlfriend? Because you sure. earlier were talking about something where uh right now she's kind of the business she's kind of I don't wanna say the smarts behind the beauty, but she is the one doing so like doing all the business aspect of things right uh so when i say business aspects she helps me with a lot of the aesthetics yep um she, as a woman yeah with the women i'm sorry as a woman she she's got like that touch and um and she also helps me with uh you know the thumbnail yep um that plays a big role if you I know what you're talking about, but if you want to explain it, because I'm sure some people don't understand what you're talking about. For example, when I first uh, started my YouTube channel, I didn't even have a thumbnail. And then I stepped it up and I would screenshot a photo of, of the, uh, I screenshot part of the video and just like post it up. And yep. it, there would be no titles and j it just wasn't capturing. It was mm -hmm. bad quality. And uh, I learned like from researching on YouTube that, you know, uh, the photo, the thumbnail is a huge mm -hmm clickbait attraction yep. i don't mean to use the word clickbait but it is a clickbait if it's an attractive photo people will click on it uh, and same with the title um i i'm more of like the martial artist guy like i teach the knowledge I, sh I, sh I share the knowledge i'm the face of the brand but she kind of helps with like oh you should kind of word it that way mm -hmm. you should uh fix your english <laughs> you know like <laughs> but your english is good though yeah it's okay were you born here i was born here you but, were born but here? would you speak a lot what do you speak it's either mandarin or cantonese cantonese because people say chinese and it, it hurts my ears chinese is not a language <laughs> it's either cantonese or mandarin so you speak cantonese I speak Cantonese. Okay. Yes. Um, but what i mean by um just a more proper grammar in the emails yeah, yeah. well that's important I, yeah. I i've been in business for more than a decade now mm -hmm. and it makes the whole difference yeah being able to write a proper description send a proper email because mm -hmm. for for people that don't know what i look like i'm six foot one about 200 pounds of muscle with tattoos you don't <laughs> expect me to know how to speak or True. to write an email yeah but if you see me in a suit i don't i don't look the same but that's what's important you yeah. need to be able to express yourself in a specific way especially for the type of person if you're looking for sponsorship mm -hmm. You better step up your game, and she's absolutely right. That's absolutely. that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, but she's a smart woman. She yeah. knows what she's talking about. Yeah. But you said she studied in that, right? That's yeah, what she yeah, did. Yeah. She has a double master in business. I don't even know what the exact title is. Yeah, and like that wasn't enough because she's an underachiever. She needs to be. She needs. She wants to go to law school now. That's what she wants to do right now. Yeah, and you're not gonna. I wanted to chase her dreams do what she wants to do uh, but for the last three years she's helped me significantly and um, when she started helping me that's when I really saw some growth in the channel and it's then, always good to have a different perspective too right? to have somebody a bit not from the outside but on the sideline that tells that can see it for what it is yeah yeah 
Because once you're in it, and I, I get an idea that you spend a lot of time looking at that uh, Mac laptop you have there. Mm-hmm. Having somebody from the outside just saying, ah, have you ever thought about doing it that way? Or you should do it. Oh, damn. I, I mean, I thought about that before. Sorry for cutting off. At no, first, no I was very um, defensive. I'd be like, you don't like that? Or like, <laughs> you know? But she, she's there to step down and tell yeah. me like, you shouldn't add that or you should change to that. And for example... I'm, you know, if you, if you watch any of my content, if I'm going to teach a technique or a combination, whatever it is, I always add sparring footage to show, you know, how it works, whether it's a failed attempt or a successful attempt. And, um, back then when I used to film, I didn't have, uh, I wasn't fortunate enough to have my fiance filming everything for me right now. I'd put a tripod up and film from afar and then have it zoomed up. Yeah. So not only was it old footage, but it was zoomed up. So it was bad quality. And I would want to add every sparring footage I have of it. And yep. she'd be like, no, just, just take it out. Like, what's the point of having it? It's bad quality. You want to keep upping the quality. So she's there to, you know, fill in those little holes. Smart woman. Yeah. She's a smart woman. The But it's good because she's been filming. That's what you were saying earlier. She's been filming a lot of um, a lot of your footage over the years, right? Over the past three years, she's been filming? Two, two or three years, yeah. What was, I forgot again. We were talking about one of the fights with a Thai guy earlier. Uh, who was it again? Thai uh, guy. Yeah, you, uh, Lawrence broke that, uh, oh, broke oh, your um, fight soon, like the Muay Thai Muay guy. Thai guy, yeah, yeah. And then Andy it was Tran. Lawrence, Muay Thai guy, and then it just got reposted all over my feed. Oh, was it? But yeah, yeah, and there was... Uh, was it at Southside? Is that what you're talking about? Southside yes, gym? it was at yes. Southside. Andy Tran. Yeah, he's, exactly. Uh, he's a Muay Thai champion. Oh, he's a beast. Uh, he's a beast, yeah. The, his striking is beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. You wanted to take him down, eh? Did you think, <laughs> <laughs> did you think about taking him down? Um, he has good boxing, surprisingly too. Like, yeah. Thai guys are not recognized to have the best boxing, but yeah. he's solid. Like, he he's solid. a solid dude. Yeah, very powerful kicks. Was she the one in the? Was her girlfriend the one in the ring? Um, yes, because it was somebody in the ring. Yeah, that she. She's not even outside. She's literally in the corner when two guys are sparring. I think she was outside in the corner, but like I remember, I got pushed back onto the ropes, and she yeah. was like, "Well, <laughs> okay, so that was her." Yeah, yeah, okay. That was her, yeah. So I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. So how do do you know him, Andy? Yeah. Uh, yes, I do. I've, I lived in Toronto for two years Okay, and uh, I've trained at, um, Southside before and I met him then. Okay. Yeah. They have a good gym. They have a really yeah, very good, good there's fighters. a lot of good Muay Thai gyms in, mm-hmm. uh, in Toronto. Yeah. There's a lot of good gyms everywhere, to be honest. It didn't used to be that way. It seems hmm. like, like right now it's very, it's a very, but Canada is very flourishing for Muay Thai. Like we're solid in Muay Thai. Yeah. Like I went... Uh, I had a guy that I was uh, coaching at last national last year. The competition there, the the A level guys there, they're they're like they're gonna go to the worlds mm-hmm. and they're gonna fight Thai guys. Like those guys are beasts, and yeah. they come from me, and they're young. I don't. I, I hope they get to do a bit of money out of it because I feel bad at seeing guys like seeing fighters get their head bashed in, and they do it at an amateur level. The truth is. The fight life is uh, is a poor one. Yeah, <laughs> Un- unless until you ten. until you make it big. Yeah, yeah. So is that why you went into kind of the portion of having a YouTube channel, a very successful YouTube channel, if I can say it that way? Um, no, it wasn't money driven. Um, I started. Well, first of all, I was inspired by the Muay Thai guy. So I want to give a shout out to <laughs> Sean Fagan. Yeah, um, he's. I'm a-, a fan, by the way. That's what I was saying earlier. I started. He had a hundred likes and now I was just looking at his stuff when he posted that, um, that breakout fight with Andy. 
Okay. Oh, did he and, post it? I didn't, I yeah, didn't know. he posted. I think I saw it yesterday, the day before. Okay. And a few thousands. Like, good for him. I mm-hmm. love to see guys just mm-hmm. grow their business, grow their channels. Good for him. Yeah, he's been he's been at it for a while. Um, when I was following him, he was already like when I subscribed to his channel, he was already huge. Yep. Very well known, and he was hosting his first ever uh, training training camp, Muay yep. Thai training camp in Thailand. In Thailand, um, at Kong Si Ta in Bangkok, and me and a friend attended that camp. It was a month camp, and um, he was the host. So you know, we would hang out with him and after training and go eat with him, and uh, we got to know each other. I liked the guy, and he was he was an idol to me. I was inspired by what he did for a living. He quit his job and just dedicated himself to it yeah chased chased his dreams of being a muay thai fighter and um i never have expected myself to be a youtuber or content creation or creator and he's like hey you can do it too why not and i'm like really and and i remember uh he is the one who actually helped me think of the name mma shredded and okay, he, hold on. MMA shredded. Have you guys ever seen this? Have you ever seen Jeff without a shirt on? <laughs> I was messing around earlier calling him fat because he probably has a six pack instead of an eight pack right now. But even my girlfriend was looking at your pictures and she's like, damn, that guy shredded. <laughs> so is that where it comes from? Like MMA shredded is just because you have crazy genetics. You, I, I know you, you probably don't need a lot of crap. You're probably very good on your diet, mm-hmm. but you have good genetics. Like I do. You're, I do. You're, you have, I think you have abs in the back. I'm not sure, but I think you have some. It's crazy. Like you are, but MMA shredded comes from there or um, has nothing to do with it. I would say it came from that, but primarily because we, or I wanted it to be a uh, fitness focused, you know, business. Yep. Um, but it turns out I'm really much more of a technician. Yep. Um, so yeah, anyways, he's the one who motivated me to start my channel and he actually helped me film my first few videos with his camera nice. and my first few videos, if you scroll way back, are yeah. with Sean Fagan and uh, that's that's how it started. So that was, when did you start? Is that the... 2016. The, so it's right in the middle of the gap where we're saying like between your, because you, like we were saying earlier, you're... F- Funny enough that you turned pro, what, 2011, 2012? 2012. You have a kind of a gap in... Uh, I have a huge gap and gaps because uh, <laughs> I joined martial arts because, you know, I was play fighting and my friend thought I would make a good fit for combat sports mm-hmm. because I'd like fighting. And he was right. I it's joined. a good way to start. It was it's a good, good yeah. place to start. But I never wanted to compete. I never wanted to turn professional. Uh, my main focus was to get in law enforcement. Um, I actually spent eight to eight to nine years trying to get into law enforcement. But anyways... Uh, in 2015, I moved to Toronto for, like, I had graduated yep. from criminology and police foundations, and I couldn't get a job in Ottawa. It's always like that. Supposedly, oh, so getting hard. a job in urban centers is really hard. You need to go to a small town or a smaller town. Yeah. And then, after a few years, you can try to apply back to yeah. the spots. And It's the same thing with firemen. Yeah. They have the, the exact same, I guess, problems. They're they're just so picky. And, and it could be I was young at the time, and they want someone more mature. It's possible. But anyways, much more job opportunities in Toronto. So I moved to Toronto and I started working security and armored transportation. Um, and uh, sorry, I had my, I turned pro in Ottawa first. And then after that fight, I was like, okay, cool. And then I had a second fight, uh, like probably a month or two after that. Yeah. And uh, I was still a white belt at the time in jujitsu. As, so, you, tur- as you 
guess guys keep in mind he has i think 27 28 uh muay thai fight as an amateur something 25 like i know you have 25 wins i think you have either two losses or four losses but at that point i I do remember i have two losses oh so 27 fights then yeah but um so as a white belt you move to oh right so who jeff is the one who was like (laughs) of course he is (laughs) who jeff's like you should go pro mma of course i'm like i'm like um I have I haven't trained jiu-jitsu in my life. He's like, so, so you'll knock these guys out. This is the mad scientist I was telling you that I was calling him earlier. This is exactly it. So he was right for the first fight. I won by TKO in the first round. Felt great, and then jumped into my second fight right away. And uh, I was up against a wrestler. Uh, was winning the striking in the first round. Yeah, uh, took you down. Took me down in the second round. Choked me out. And then I was like, okay. I mean, this is not even what I want to do. Anyways, it was cool. I continued to focus on law enforcement. And then, uh, yeah, 2015, moved to Toronto, started working security, armored transportation, kept trying to apply the police uh, services, couldn't get in, kind of discouraged me. So then I was like, huh, I'll fight again. So then I had my comeback fight. By then, I was a purple belt under uh, Professor Steve Lin. Is that where you were training MMA? Jiu-Jitsu, yeah. What's the name of the gym? Uh, Lin Martial Arts. Okay. Yeah. So I was a purple belt then and uh, ended up fighting... Uh, my opponent in featherweight and won by submission <laughs> by armbar. As a so, purple belt, yeah, yeah, yeah as a purple belt. And then uh, after that fight, I just kind of went back to law enforcement, and uh, yeah, that was a short story on that side. But you're still so purple belt. You won your fight, then you you had another gap. I think yeah? I did have Before, an, yeah, I had another yeah. gap. So I I had the fight. It was it was my little. Uh, way of saying like hey i can't get in law enforcement i'm gonna try fighting again but then you know i won the fight and then i was kind of focused again on trying to get into law enforcement mm. and um so then what happened was in 2017 uh again that, that's like a year and a half after that fight yep i'm continuing doing my thing volunteering training every day training martial arts to help get credentials to get into policing because they like martial arts they they like a pro fighter they of like they you know um, and what happened was I finally got a position in law enforcement in 2017 in yep. Waterloo okay. and, uh, something didn't some, pan out. Let's call it that way. It just yeah, didn't work out. Something didn't happen. Yep. And, um, it actually forced me to move back to Ottawa and, uh, I actually lost my job, unfortunately. And it, uh, kept me basically, I was a MIA for, for a while. Uh, dealing with this this problem mm-hmm. and um i basically didn't have a job didn't know what to do but i had my channel which i had started sorry i'm kind of like skipping no, steps here i'll bring you back to order if it okay. doesn't make sense so you're good so basically um i was back in ottawa and uh, i didn't have a job so i was forced to continue my channel which was very very small at the at the time and uh, i put my hundred percent effort commitment into the channel. And then that's when I started seeing growth in the channel. Um, and then because I was focused on the channel, I thought, Hey, why not fight again? So you, so you <laughs> see how, you see sense, how, right? I guess what I'm trying to say is that I've always been a martial artist. I love training. I love sparring. I love learning, but I never really cared about fighting. And I only went back to fighting because of specific reasons um, and my comeback to the fight was because of that situation, I didn't have a job. I'm like, Hey, I can get paid to fight. Uh, but also it would help my business, uh, my channel. 
and uh, fast forward to three, after that three fight. years. Well, fast forward after that fight. Okay. I'm continuing to build the channel, and uh, my fiance is super against me fighting. By the way, they all we almost broke up because <laughs> seriously, because you wanted to fight again. Yeah. Anyways, um, I told her like <laughs> you're you're right. I don't even like fighting. It's yeah. fighting stressful. I like training. I like being a martial artist. And I'm like, uh, and she's like, I don't believe you. You know, you always say that and then you always go back to fighting. And then uh, I'm like, you know what? I'll make it concrete. I'm going to tell my audience. I'm going to tell everyone. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to fight again. Yep. Like, I don't, I don't care about fighting. I literally told, I don't, I can't remember in what form, but I told my subscribers and, and followers that I'm not going to fight anymore. And uh, a couple of months later, one championship reaches out to me <laughs> and it's kind of like, okay, I can't, I can't turn that. It's a lifetime yep. opportunity. And, uh, how did that happen? Out of the blue? Yeah, out of the blue. Of the blue. So one, one reached out to you out of the blue. Yeah. You got an email. You're like, yeah, maybe I should do it. Yeah. And, but it went well. Your last fight went it did. well. It like, did, yeah. What did you do? You took it. You, you rocked him on the feet. They went to the ground. You choked him out with a rear naked choke. Right? I really wanted to keep it standing. Um, but he just kept trying to go for the takedown. And I knew he kept trying to go for the takedown. So I was able to counter it and ended up you know, the second round ended up being on top punching him a few times and then choked him out nothing like punching somebody in the face when you're on top of him they turn around you choke the neck you just go for the <laughs> neck and you squeeze right yep the it, it it's still amazing that out of nowhere you get because i'm a big fan of one like I, I was a big fan of pride fc for most of the people that haven't been like i've been watching this since the 90s right seeing uh Hoist Gracie fighting guys 100 pounds heavier almost than him and just choking him out. But it seems like in America, we kind of lag the respect Yeah, that Pride FC. For all the people that don't know what Pride FC is, you should Google Pride FC when Wonderlay Silva was called the axe murderer. Like he'd go <laughs> in there and just wail left and right hooks trying to knock people out. But they didn't care if you lost 10 fights out of 10 fights. No. If you had the balls to go in a ring... Japan. Have you heard fifty peop fifty thousand people in the Jap in the Japanese arena? You could hear the corner man. You hear the coach talking to their fighters without microphone. They're just talking to their fighters. Everybody's so respectful. They're just sitting there. Yeah, they're just they have that warrior spirit from samurais mm -hmm. to just respect fighters. Yeah, because it is not as you as I don't know if you said it on the podcast or you said it before, but. It's not a rich man's life, right? No. Plus the not. damage that you take to your head. As a sales engineer, man, I don't want that type of damage to my head. I enjoy fighting because it proves to me that I can do it. Mm -hmm. And it helps me kind of overcome my... You know, there's a saying, it's cheesy as hell, but I'm always going to repeat it. Forcing yourself to be uncomfortable. Yep. Putting you in that spot that, yeah, okay. I got knocked down. I got knocked down. It's fine. Who cares? All mm -hmm. I can do is either quit or move forward. Those yeah. are my options. Yeah. And what are you going to do? Are you going to quit? You can't quit. No. It doesn't make sense to quit. What's the point? Might as well just, okay, start wearing sweatpants and just sit <laughs> on your couch and watch Netflix. Yeah. If you're not going to get back up, just quit at that point. Exactly. But how was it? Like, how did it feel? Because you fought in Singapore. Mm -hmm. How was it? Like how it was, was it a, compared to fighting here? It was a great, uh, a great event. They they're very organized. Everything yeah. went very smoothly. And uh, what I really liked about fighting with one is that they don't allow water cut. So 
the, that's another thing i love that you brought that up because that's one of my pet peeves i have a big problem with water cut mm-hmm. but so as a bantamweight you know outside of one championship 135 pounds 135 pounds on the dot or 0.6 or whatever you were 0.8 i think your last fight i looked it up 134.8 <laughs> yeah well with one championship because there's no water uh, no water cut the bantamweight class is 135 to 145 so I only have to be 145, just no water cut. Yep. So when I normally cut down to 135, I'll diet from 152 to about 144. So that's what you are right now, about 150 pounds? 152, to be exact. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I actually try to stay around this weight just because I don't want to get too high. Because you don't want to balloon, as they say. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm getting older. Are I'm you not, getting not, older? He's like 28 old. years old, 29 years old. Getting older and, and my metabolism, you know, mm-hmm. slowing down. But anyways, I would normally diet to 144 and then water cut down to 135. Now I just diet to 145 and no water cut. It's, That's it's another thing that GSP was doing. Like we were talking about how he brought the suit to the game. Like mm-hmm. he's the one that classed it up, it seemed. Mm-hmm. He was a big fanatic too. He wasn't that big of a welterweight. Mm-hmm. Like compared to the guys now that way. I don't understand how it's allowed to... And and guys, if you're hearing little creaks, Jeff Chan has this tiniest of dog. What what is it? What type of dog is <laughs> He's it? He's a Maltese. It's, he's tiny. He really likes my girlfriend. I, I'm just sitting in the way so he can't get access to them. So if you're hearing little scra- little scratching, we got a little dog here. So that that's always been one of my pet peeves. Like I've seen guys cut weight instead of dieting, instead of being on the dot on the diet. It's hard. It's hard to diet. Like it is. Fighting, fighting, training is the fun part. Dieting sucks. For anybody that's done it, I used to cut 25 pounds. Wow. It sucks, but it's all diet. If it you is. Know what, how, if you understand what your body likes, fat, if, you're, if you react better to fat or carbs, you'll understand how to treat your body. Yeah. But most people don't take the time, and that water cut is brutal. It is brutal, and that's... that's- one of the biggest reasons why I say I don't like fighting. It's like, I hate cutting weight. But that makes no sense. Yeah. See, I, I would agree with your, your your fiance that I don't believe you either about the fighting part. Because you just fought. It went super well. I, I don't think you have a fight booked. No, I but don't. But I got a feeling that if they call you, you're going to try again. I mean, I told my fiance I'm going to take it day by day. Play, <laughs> play it by ear. But what I do know is I love being a martial artist. And fighting is not necessary. So do, do, I like that. Do you want to define that? Like, do you want to go into details? Because that's, that, that's philosophy. That goes with the reasoning why people do martial art. And unless I've done martial arts throughout my life. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to explain. Unless you've been there, you have to have a certain mentality. Well, what, the way I like to explain it is, um, I think as a fighter and i'm like using these fingers yeah, yeah, fighter yeah. um i think differently from other fighters there are a lot of fighters out there almost all fighters out there they think they are the number one best in the world yep me on the other hand i don't think that i don't think i'm the best i don't think i'm even capable of being the best there's always going to be a younger better guy <clears throat> you know someone with better resources someone who started younger a yep. tie fighter who started yep. when he was five years old <laughs> you know there's always going to be someone better and 
to to believe that you're the best in the world is a little bit ignorant in my opinion. And I agree. I totally and, agree. And at with least you. at least maybe that's why I'm never going to be the best in the world. But, no, that's what would cause you to be the best. That's the that no, but that's the the complete see I disagree with you on that one. I think that always understanding that there's somebody behind you that's younger, that's faster, mm-hmm. that has more resources than you do, that started earlier than you, that wants what you have, mm-hmm. that to me makes you uh makes you not angrier but uh, smarter maybe you're you're hungrier Hungry. like it makes you it make because getting up in the morning and having to diet how much chicken did you eat that was boiled with broccoli on the side like it, it's one of those things how's your diet by the way that's a good subject Ate pretty clean yeah but but to, to continue on, the, on what we're talking about i as long as i'm continuously improving myself like yeah. being the best version of myself I'm happy as long as I'm going to the gym, training every day and getting better, learning, I'm happy. It's a good way to see it. But yeah. what's the difference? So to uh GSP said that too. He's not he, he used to say when he was champ of the world, best 170 pounder on the world in the world, I'm not a fighter. I'm a martial artist. And that to me always struck like I understand what he means, but do you want to explain what what really cuz most people will never understand what that means? Um I mean I I don't really I don't know what George thinks, but, um, as a martial artist, first it's, I don't have that, um, what do you call it? Killer instinct. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess when I'm actually sparring or yeah. fighting, I, I have I, a bit guys, of a kill. It's, it's not true. It's bullshit. <laughs> he does have, I know I sparred with him earlier. I know he does, but I don't think in my head, like, Hey, I'm, I want to hurt, hurt this guy. Person. Like I'm, I treat it as a sport. Like, and, and if you look at my style, I'm, I'm, kind of like a point fighter like i like to i like to sting and hit but i'm i'm not aggressive for and i just like i don't want to just rage you're at very calculated i've yeah. noticed that earlier from it's easy to watch a video and having a breakout when you're on the other end of it i can mm-hmm. see the footwork you move a lot but i see what you mean mm-hmm. i see what you mean but there, there there has to be a reason why you continue doing it because the the fact that you keep stopping and going back to it going back to it that's uh that's probably if anybody out there is a Carl Jung fan, he would say that you're fighting with yourself. You're really, there's two people in your head, one saying one thing, the other one is is saying the opposite. But there's a reason why you go back to it. There has to be. Who knows? But continue, <laughs> continuing this, this conversation, um, the difference between a fighter and a martial artist is when you're fighting, you are only working on, like if you're in fight camp, you're, yep. you're training or you're drilling or using what you're already good at. Yep. And you're you're just literally focusing on conditioning and just doing what you're already good at. But being a martial artist is trying new things all the time, opening opening your mind, learning new things, trying to fight in the opposite stance, learning a bit of judo, learning wrestling, just learning different stuff that you may not be good at. And you know, every time you're trying new stuff, you go through that process where you lose and and get slammed and get smashed. And um Every time I go in a sparring session, not today specifically, but usually when I go in a sparring... Actually, yeah, today I was working on specific things. Yep. But every time I go into a sparring session, I'm going in with a new technique that I'm trying to pull off. Uh, for you example, have a goal in mind, basically. Yeah. Before you start, you, yeah. that's important too, yeah. to have a goal. Exactly. Whereas if I was in fight camp or if I'm like thinking of like just fighting, I, I, wouldn't even, I would be like, fuck it, I'm not going to even try this technique. I'm just going to yeah. do what I'm good at. And, and hopefully that beats... And hopefully at that point... You, you you probably figured out a hole in your opponent's game and you're just drilling that to beat him that way. Exactly. 
it's funny because to me that's the exact same way i see the world like i see life professionally personally mm -hmm. i'm somebody that meditates a lot so i'm often self-reflecting and what you just said is exactly how i like to live my life i'm not i don't like to i'll do a lot of research on a lot of stuff but i like to be a generalist like i like to know to try everything eh that doesn't work for me that doesn't i don't like it but you find things that you absolutely love and i think the martial artists the way you describe it is exactly how you probably live your life too mm -hmm. it's how most people should live through your life they should live their life yeah because yeah. you have to stop seeing it as a mistake that's a thing that i i see too many times in in people around me like they made a mistake like it's a big deal mm -hmm. you're still alive It's only a mistake. I don't remember who said that, but there's somebody that said that a mistake is only a mistake if you didn't learn from it. True. If you learn from it, then you want, you, you're better today than you were yesterday. Exactly. Is that how you see it? Like, yeah. do you see yourself? Because most people compare themselves with what they see on social media, what they see other fighters doing in the fight game. But if you compare yourself to what reflects in the mirror, that's where you learn. That's where you know that you're working on the person that matters and this is the person looking back at you in that mirror, right? I agree with you. I, I totally agree with that. That's a great way to see it. Just to, I like it. I like the martial artist. Because again, most people I think are fighters now. They just, mm -hmm. I don't know if they have a, a tendency to violence, mm -hmm. but it's funny because that's one of the first comments my girlfriend said when she met you earlier. She's <laughs> like, you're, you're a fighter. <laughs> Cause I, know, I don't look like one. Yeah, but those are the people that normally you have to be the most careful about. The people that look like me that you assume that they do that, you know what to expect. You, well, you're, you're, you're very deadly too, though. So. Yeah, but you expect it. You see what I look like, you expect. You're not surprised that I like that. When I look at you, I wouldn't have known. Like If I, <laughs> you just see you in the street, I wouldn't have known. So what's next for you? I know that uh, I, I'm sure that you're going to fight again at least once or twice because one is I'm such a big fan of that organization. I mean, I'm uh, I'm just waiting for the call at, at the moment. I haven't heard from them. Yep. I think it could be because of COVID. Um, Possibly. They, they're having events right now, but from my observation, I believe that all the fighters are based out of Asia yep. already. Whereas if they're flying me out, then I'd have to quarantine for two weeks. Oh, I, I don't know that's if that's true. a fact, but I think that could be a reason. Um, I do know right after my first fight, they already asked me for another fight, uh, but then COVID hit and um, everything's basically a stall right now. I'd be in Thailand right now hosting a train and travel camp if it wasn't for COVID-19. Was that the plan? Yeah. yeah. So you want to do, do it with Sean? No, Or no. Something... I, I've actually... I'm hosting them on my own. Okay. Um, so I've hosted two camps so far. I've hosted one in Thailand, um, and then I hosted one in Bali, and those went really well. You can watch like a whole uh, vlog on it. On Which one was your favorite? Oh, honestly, I like both yeah. equally. Um, and the people that come are just passionate martial artists, super friendly, respectful, humble people, and we all got along. So the first camp was a group of 14. Um And just like I had, I met people from United States, from Germany, from Australia, um, just all over the place. And and same with uh, the camp in Bali. And you know, I teach and I teach two classes a day, and uh, we train every day. And after we train, we go eat. And that's, we're, part, of, we're, that's part of the game. It, it's too. amazing, yeah. And then we go get massages. It's like seven bucks in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. 
just... that's another thing people don't understand too I once uh, i remember when i was still fighting and like i said it was just amateur but the people you train with is basically the only people you see yeah i would train in the morning work train at night yeah so the people you eat with are all the people you fought with like i've been married before and it was right after my last fight the wedding pictures i think i have 40 fighters like we have a we have a wedding picture we're all standing in front of the camera and i think seriously 30 to 40 people either coaches mm -hmm. old fighters or active right now yeah but that's all that's all what you know it's true like who else you don't have time it, it's hard to share uh, a life with somebody that's always getting that's always going out going to bars or always doing this always doing that when you train twice that day yeah i i mean Those friends that I have, I, I, I rarely speak to anymore. And it's the people I hang out with now are just people at the gym. It's just easy. It's what you see on a daily basis, right? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And But like you were saying, I've been doing this for a long time too. And it's interesting the type of people you meet. That's one of the things. I don't know for you because if you teach, you know that. But I've taught doctors like I, I taught people that are still in school. Mm -hmm. and the respect that is shown on, once you're on that mat you're wearing shorts you're wearing a gi doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter what you do outside of there it's all about getting the person you're working with to be a tiny bit better than he was or she was before she before that person stepped on those mats the respect that's being shown to me over the years and it's funny that we come from the same coaches we have completely different life but um The way a good instructor will impact your life is what I hope most like children, younger kids, like kids that are eight, 10 years old, having respect to somebody that is not their father, that's not their mother, that's a total outside, but outside the family, mm -hmm. but shows you respect, shows you discipline, shows you self drive, like to try to, like you were saying earlier, try to get better. Mm -hmm. Just whatever you can do to get better. Forget the fighting part. Martial artist. I like it. I really like that definition. To be honest with you, I'm a fan. Good. I liked you before. I like you just a tiny bit more. Now. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's really, really good. So another fight. Obviously, you're going to keep your channel. You're going to keep on working. Yeah, I mean, the channel is my main priority. Yeah. Um, people are always... Uh, like, the most common question I get asked is, like, aren't you worried that your next opponent is going to study your footage because you're putting it all up there? You know, at the end of the day... Uh, My main priority is teaching and building my my brand, my business. Um, so I don't care how much you study, how much you study it. And I also, you know, I'm a believer in it doesn't matter if your opponent knows what's in your arsenal. No, I you know what Conor McGregor is going to throw. You know, you know, <laughs> you know what George Pierre is going to do. You know what yep. Khabib is going to do. Yep. But when you're in there with that person, it's completely different. I'm not saying I'm like them, but I'm saying that, you know. It doesn't take much for a fighter to study me. You know, they can watch my yeah. previous fights and already know what one, my style is. One YouTube channel and it's all there. Yeah. And, and the thing about me is I'm always trying new things anyway. Yeah. So it really depends on which video you're watching. Unless you're going to watch like 300 of my videos that I already have up there. And even then, like you were saying, you don't necessarily post everything right away. Because mm -hmm. that's where I think that's a big part of the reason you're successful you take time to work on those videos to make mm -hmm. it as clean. Like you actually listen to your girlfriend. I do. I you, do. You actually listen to what she says. That quality is a lot better than, um, I think it's, uh, Denzel Washington that said once he said that, um, right now the media, the way it works is the information is 
just pumped out there. Always pumped. Always, always. You need to be first. You need to be first. You need to be first. The quality of what you're saying, it damages people's life. Doesn't even matter. But people forget. Like it's always on the next, on the next. So if you, but if you put the quality product out there, mm-hmm. people are expecting that from you. They have a quality, and that's how I think you build your brand. Because the breakouts that you do are great, and you're humble. Like one of the videos that I saw is Andy caught you with I think a kick to the body. I felt it. <laughs> like I'm in, I'm on I'm in front of my phone. And I'm like, ooh, that <laughs> kick was clean in the ribs, but. That's awesome because most people will not show a video of them getting hurt because you got hurt, but I think you were tired. I don't necessarily think the kick killed you. It was just... I don't remember um, exactly what I was feeling. I yeah. do know I got my ass kicked and I, it was... Uh, it was. This was about a year and a half ago. And I don't agree though. Yeah, I've yeah. seen the... You didn't get your ass kicked. It was... It, you have to say that his sole game is Muay Thai is standing that's all he does twice three times a day he probably kicks when he's sleeping you do I don't want to say more but you do have more well, style to be fair it was a Muay Thai sparring session yep. so that's why it's his so, advantage so, so, that's my point whatever the case may be um, what I find has helped me differentiate myself from other YouTubers or yep. other martial arts uh, artists who teach online is that um, I, I'll never, I used to post, you know, I mean, also because I didn't have much sparring partners at the time to film with, but now I will not post something if I'm completely dominating. I'll only post something where it's even, and I'll, I'll always add in every strike that I got hit with and every strike that I hit because that shows it's genuine. And, you know, people are not watching just to, to see how good I am. People are watching to learn. Yep. So by showing parts where I'm getting hit, they're also learning because that shows what I did wrong. How many videos out there are of instructors that shows a technique that you we all know would never work? Yeah, that's the, that's the problem, right? So that's why I... There's this... Uh, uh, Instagram page called McDojo that yeah, I, I know exactly the one you're talking about. It's <laughs> so great. it's like it's great. So every time I watch that, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely doing the right thing because the last thing I want to do is is be posted on McDojo. <laughs> but the, not that I teach r- random stuff, but it's it's put me on that path where I just teach what what works for me. I I film all my sparring and I literally make a tutorial after watching my sparring. Yep. So say I land uh, this low kick yep. four times, I'm like. That can be one combo. Yep. Say I land another, you know, and I just base it off what I'm doing in sparring. But that's great. I think that's, I don't want to say it was missing, but that is probably one of the biggest reasons you're as popular as you are. Because so many McDojos out there that are teaching stuff, you're like, no. Yeah. There's no way with work in the streets where you have to defend yourself. <laughs> and it definitely does not work in a ring. Yeah. But that's the beauty of your, uh, that's the beauty of the way you do it. And Again, you're humble. That's I think that's the biggest quality that people. I don't know if it if it shows if people can feel that through your channel, but in real life, very humble. Thank and you. that is beautiful quality to have. Beautiful, beautiful quality. Humble. You break out your own sparring session. You show your faults, like you show your big your your victories i guess you would say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but if it doesn't work you know it if you try it and you keep on trying it and it never works it's right there on video 
And believe me, he seems to have a lot of videos on his laptop. <laughs> it seemed like you were just scrolling earlier, yeah. just going and going and going and well, going. Well, that's the thing. The reason why I keep all of them is because if I'm trying to teach a technique, first, I got to succeed. I got to have the successful yep. attempts. But it's very important that I show the failed attempts because, for example, I've like I'm I myself have learned a lot from watching on YouTube. I remember many times where I watched a tutorial and I'm like, oh, wow, that looks so cool. I'm, I'm going to try it out. <laughs> I go try it out and it, like I fail miserably. Good and I'm man. like, okay, this, this technique just won't work on me. Like I suck. I'm just, this won't work on me. But little did I know that you need, to, you fail a million times before it yep. actually works. So with any tutorials that I'm doing. So for example, right now I'm working on a, a foot sweep, variations of foot sweeps. And <laughs> I have like so many clips of me failing and I'm yep. going to show that when I, uh, when I eventually post the video, like right now I'm collecting, slowly collecting the <laughs> successful attempts, but also the failed attempts. Yep. But I want, it's, it's, it's funny too, because I want people to see how many times I've failed. And then that way those guys can understand that yep. how many times I failed before I actually got it. I love that sweep, yeah. by the way. I tried it a few times on you, but you're way faster than I am. It's very hard to sweep a back leg if the other guy's faster than you and you don't step forward like a Muay Thai guy either. Cause I tried, I love, <laughs> love sweeps. You're strong. So I, I gotta, I gotta use my footwork and move away. Yeah. You can't you. let me clench. Cause actually that's what happened. Um, if you remember the first, um, part of our round, yep. I can't remember what happened, but you chased after me and grabbed my neck. And yep. as soon as you clinched up with me, yep. I was like, Oh, and then I you rigged on me. I have a, t- a tendency to do yeah. that, but I'm polite enough. I've been hurt. Control, very from, controlled. It's just, there's some guys that, and, and sometimes it just doesn't happen. But uh, if you look, I throw kind of a curved knee and I'm not going with the, I'm, I'm going with the medium part very of my leg. For sure. I'm not going. Technically I like straight up knees right oh, down yeah. the middle, right with the bone. And yeah. I, I just throw my hip into it because I want to break your ribs. Mm-hmm. But in sparring, yeah, of course. It makes no sense. And sparring, yeah. who's going to want to train? Well, the thing about sparring is we're not fighting. We're trying to help each other get better. You're, it's easy to hit a bag at 100%, mm-hmm. but having a, a punch or a kick thrown at you and then practicing the technique you want. Well, you're the best example. You make a living out of showing how it's hard <laughs> to learn a technique that you've been trying and trying and trying. It's yeah. always different. I mean, when, when you're trying something and you're getting punched in the face... <laughs> It's a lot. E- it's a lot harder to make it happen, right? Yeah. You know, Jeff, it's been uh, an hour. We've already spe- been speaking wow. for an hour. You know, thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. If you get the chance to meet this guy, super humble, super nice. He is. Um, as much as he was saying that he's learned a lot from under instructors like Sean the Muay Thai guy. You seemed like the type of guy that gives it right back. And that, to me, you said martial arts. You are a martial artist. I love the knowledge. That's why I do what I do. I love to see people sharing knowledge, not for money, but just because somebody taught it. Somebody taught you. You're teaching somebody else. And that is why martial arts is going to still be there in a thousand years because there's going to be people that wants to teach. Well, I believe if you give, you'll, you'll get it in return. I totally agree. See, I don't want even this. I'm stopping it right there. That is a beautiful way to stop. Thank you for your time, sir. Thank you for having me.